It's trade season, baby, and the Jets are looking for at least one or two more pieces. Let's find out who they might be after on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support, especially as we are rolling into the uh, the latter stages of the season. It's a good time. I think the vibes are hopefully feeling a little bit better. I know some of you are probably feeling a little tentative about how the Jets have been doing recently because it's been a little bit up and down. Uh, some of the headlines are a little hit or miss uh, surrounding Winnipeg. And obviously, you know, we just heard that there's going to be a town hall on the 27th uh, to address some of the stuff around Winnipeg's attendance. Gary Bettman will be there. And I think the central focus is mostly going to be on stuff like corporate ticket sales, right? I think the Jets are not really in danger of, of relocating at all. Uh, you know, I, I think it would have to be a few years more um, of continued attendance issues and stuff for the team to really start to have to look at some financial options. But I think for the, the most part, this is just to try and get that corporate deal back in, get some more corporate sponsors, because the Jets generally don't have as many compared to a lot of other teams out there. So let's hope that the fireside chat or whatever they want to call it goes well and that you start to get some more corporate interest because finally we can stop hearing about how the Jets attendance problems are a consistent issue. That'd be nice, right? Let's you know, just have the Jets focus on on ice stuff if possible. Speaking of on ice stuff, obviously uh, the Jets are are in a pretty good spot roster wise, but they're probably looking for at least one or two upgrades. And you know, out there in the market, there's some good options. Um, I was just having a Twitter conversation with some folks because the Jets have a scout at Nashville this evening, and uh, Nashville is an interesting team, right? They're they're very much like a borderline roster, but I think most people know that if they're going to choose to try and make the playoffs or sell, I think most people would expect them to sell. And I'm kind of in that same boat. I think Barry Trotz is a pretty smart guy. So far, it seems like he's aware of the team's direction and that they probably need to look more towards the future than the present. So uh, looking at this team, I wasn't really sure who the Jets might be interested in, but um, said Twitter followers and, and made some some good comments about Tommy Novak and um, Alexander Carrier. Now, both of these guys, for me, are probably more in the, I don't know if I would necessarily call them floor raising, because I feel like that's a little uh, disingenuous towards Novak, who's a pretty legitimately good middle six option and would bring some legit scoring punch to either a second or a third line. But uh, with Carrier, you're, you're probably looking at like another solid top 4D. Somebody else compared him to being like a DeMello sort of acquisition. So uh, if you're looking for a guy who's like a solid two-way puck moving D, I think he could be a good option, especially if the price for, say, you know, Sean Walker is a little bit eye-watering. I think for Novak, uh, the problem with Tommy is that he's going to be cheap cap hit-wise. And because he's so productive this year, 
I, I think, you know, the Jets are probably going to see a lot of competition for his signature. You know, I, I think a lot of teams would probably love to have him. You know, he's got like, I would say around a half a point per game, slightly over that for this season, which for a guy who um, is generally sort of playing like middle six minutes is really impressive, right? I think he's had a great season. His shooting percentage has been really nice. Last year, he had a monster season where he was not far off from a point per game, 43 points in 51 games. He's not quite hitting those same highs this year, uh, but he's still a very interesting option and somebody that the Jets could potentially pry out of there for a decent prospect and a pick or something. Um, I guess the biggest question is, does he extend with the Preds? Because he's in a good spot, and if he wants to stay, they could potentially bring him back. I think if you're the Preds, though, and you're thinking about assets that can get you some really top-end young players or prospects and stuff, Novak would probably fit that bill, uh, especially as like a rental. So I think he'll probably head out the door. Carrier probably in a similar boat. One guy I'm interested in sort of on the fringes uh, is Gustav Nyquist. I've always been a big fan of Nyquist, and he's got an extra year on his deal. If you're looking for a player who might be uh, a little more affordable and you know on the cheaper side, but would actually still be a pretty effective two-way winger with an underrated offensive game, Nyquist is is really there. And you know, I think with him, the 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 rate of scoring that he's had this year might make him a little bit pricier. He's also got some positional variability, but. I think for me, if Nyquist is available and if the cost isn't exorbitant, I'd be interested. I think Novak might be a little bit cheaper, maybe. I don't know. It could be a question of cap hits, right? Because like Novak is significantly lower in space. Um, you know, Nyquist has another year and it's at like 3.2-ish million or so. But for me, if I had a choice between the two, I'd, I'd actually maybe prefer Nyquist. I think he's a much more effective player overall in terms of his two-way play. I think he'd be a guy that Bones might trust in the top six, um, perhaps as like a second line or maybe even more like a third line option. And he's been really productive. He's, again, not far off a point per game. He has typically had a very strong 5v5 performance. And if you're looking for a player who could go under the radar and be very interesting as a trade deadline uh, sneak in, right? maybe Nyquist pans out. He'd kind of be like, for me, adding another Niederreiter, but perhaps a little bit more impactful scoring-wise. Uh, I don't know what he would be like with the Jets because he'd probably have a reduced role, is my guess. But maybe, you know, it would work out and he'd actually be a really great option. In terms of, you know, whether or not I think this is a particularly likely trade partner, uh, I think Nashville's kind of in the mid-tier of, of likelihood just because... Um, in terms of the competition for guys like Novak and stuff, the Jets might be priced out a little bit, but I could also see them maybe doing a side deal. Then again, the the Preds probably got burned on the Niederreiter deal, so I don't know how you know interested they might be going back to the well if the Jets are asking about another perhaps underrated player. Maybe Trotz is kind of like, well, you got one on us the last time. We're going to have to ask a much higher price this time, and maybe that's kind of where the conversation ends. So Anytime you enter one of these sorts of negotiations, history can play a role in it. You know that the Jets and Rangers are generally very friendly with one another. Obviously, the Rangers are are in buying mode most most likely this year, so they're not really a trade partner. But maybe um, 
Nashville's memory isn't too long and the Jets could perhaps pry something decent out of there. I don't know. I, I also know that there's always the central division rivalry and stuff and you don't make trades with those trots. I don't think cares about that as much, but maybe after how the Nino trade went, he might rethink it. Cause let's be honest, the Jets kind of stole Nino for a, a song if we're being honest, but you know, Plenty of other trade partners out there if the Preds decide they're not super interested. Let's check out a few more trade options and see if anyone is of particular interest in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Ibotta. Grocery bills are really expensive these days, and I think a lot of you have been feeling uh, the impacts of inflation and, of course, supermarkets charging even more than they really need to. Obviously, you know, you're looking for some discounts or something. You you need some kind of a breakthrough, right? You can't keep looking at these grocery bills and thinking to yourself, man, I can't afford next week's grocery haul. I bought it totally gets it, right? They're the free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. They want to help you get through a, a struggling economy with a great set of cashback offers, and it applies to over 2,700 brands, retailers, big name, big name and big label shops, whatever it is, Ibotta is there for you. And with their app, you just have to do a very simple process. You just add offers to the app, you upload your receipt, and you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. It's super convenient. It's super easy. And the average Ibotta uh, user actually saves around 200, 256 bucks, uh, which is fantastic. That's, you know, for a lot of folks, a grocery trip or two, maybe even three if you're perhaps living by yourself. And if you want to get in on the action right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONNHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back. And again, use code LOCKEDONNHL. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONNHL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about uh, some fun things. Obviously, the trade market is really heating up. The Jets are probably preparing for maybe one or two acquisitions. Uh, but obviously, you know, cap space may be a little bit of a bit of a question unless the Jets can maybe move out some salary. We'll see what they do with that, right? But, of course, we're talking about a few more trade targets. We'll get to those in just a moment because I think there's some really fun ones that are worth kind of fantasizing about. But before we go any further, just thought I'd chat out a really cool thing the Locked On Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And we're also now available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today available on the Free Fire TV channels app. Now, circling back to the Jets and trade partners, obviously a lot of teams out there are going to be in selling mode. Uh, you know, you might have thought Winnipeg might be in a similar situation had you uh, really believed last year was, was what was going to happen this season. So count ourselves lucky that the Jets are actually in a much, much more positive situation this year. Sure, the recent run of form hasn't been great, but uh, the Jets still have plenty of room to maybe make an acquisition. And there are some tasty, tasty options out there. Now, for the Jets, you know, in terms of players that they might go after, uh, I could see a handful of names. 
One guy that I'm sort of interested in on the periphery is Tomasz Tatar from uh, the Kraken. He got brought in earlier this year for like, what was it, like a fifth round pick or something. I, I feel like Tatar somehow gets passed around a lot despite being a really good player and somebody who brings a really nice tertiary scoring impact despite being a guy who, you know, he's on the older side of 30, but he's a super savvy veteran. His cap hit's going to be pretty low. And if he's eligible to be moved again and, and could potentially uh, be part of a deal, you know, if Tatar can get squeezed in, I would say the Jets would be wise to check in on the price because they're going to need to add somebody who's skilled and who the coaching staff will trust. And I think that's a big point on that last one because we know that, let's be honest, he doesn't, you know, Bones doesn't trust Ehlers and Perfetti. So in the wake of that, you got to find somebody that he does trust. And Tatar having some ability to uh, be positionally flexible, really primarily a winger these days, but I think he has spent some time down the middle. He doesn't really do it very often, though. Uh, the majority of his game is out wide. And anyways, that's probably where our next gap to fill is in anyways. Uh, yeah, Tatar, and I think it could be a nice little match made in heaven. He's a super smart playmaker with a great shot. Uh, despite, you know, being on the older side and perhaps not as fast as he used to be, still a very smart dude. I think in the right role, he could really flourish. You know, you put him in Appleton's spot and you might actually see quite a uh, a good performance out of him. Since moving to the Kraken, he's been uh, closer to a half point per game. Not, not crazy, crazy numbers, uh, but he's also like not playing a super huge role. If Tatar would be interested in joining the Jets, I think you have another potentially Nino Niederreiter-esque player waiting in the wings. I don't know about an extension after that, but, you know, if he were to perhaps be interested in one more season with the Jets, maybe you, you bring him back for one more year, see what he can do with a full season. He's typically been, you know, if you had him for like, say, 82 games, right? He's been around a 40-ish to 50-ish point player, which is pretty solid, right? His career high was like 61 points or whatever when he was with Montreal, but even if all you get is a guy who's kind of in that 40-ish uh, range, I mean, that's pretty awesome, especially considering his cap hit and the fact that given the rental market, there's probably not a ton of other players who would fit Winnipeg's needs that the coaching staff would trust. So if Tatar is out there, I would say let's go after him. Now, another guy that would be kind of more on the dream scale, uh, and this one I, I really don't think is all that likely, but say the Penguins go into fire sale mode, which does kind of sound like they're they're doing right now um well it would have been jake gensel but he's injured so he's probably not getting moved but if you can find a way to get a decent deal on riley smith uh smith would be probably an elite level ad for the jets he's not quite as exciting as i would say a travis connectney is but if you're looking for a player who might be viewed by the penguins more as a bit of a cap dump and you could get him at a more discounted rate smith might be a really fun addition. The only thing with him is, you know, he's got another season and uh, you know, with him, he's not like the most elite finisher these days. I think he's very good though. And I think in the role that the jets would probably ask of him, he'd probably be very productive. We saw him be a pest for the, the golden Knights. He was an absolute menace. He's terrorized us over the years. The only thing with him is that given his current level of production, again, his contracts a little expensive, a little richer than I would like. So, You'd have to make some of the salary work. Maybe the pens would retain a bit of cash. I don't know. But if if you can find a way to make the money work and get him at a slightly less uh, eye-watering cap, it, again, $5 million is not crazy. But you know, with the extensions that the Jets need to do, they've got to have some room. So 
just make sure that, you know, if you squeeze them in, you move some money out somewhere so that the, the books are relatively balanced. Maybe a Schmidt deal could somehow work out there. I don't know if that's even really possible, but you never know. Other than that, you know, there's lots of players that we've already talked about, you know, from the Flames. I've I've thought about everyone from Mangiapani to, to Sharon Govich, maybe uh, Chris Tanev. The thing with Winnipeg, and it's really hard to get a sense of, of what's going on here and what their thought process is. I don't know what they're willing to spend of their remaining assets, right? If you're looking for a big rental or a player with term, you're going to have to give up a big name prospect of some sort. We talked about it yesterday, and I just I have a really hard time seeing the Jets swinging big. Like Pavel Buchnevich continues to be one of those players that's like, for a lot of Jets fans, a bit of a dream addition, especially if you were to consider moving to Winnipeg, which given that he's not have, you know, he's, he's not got much time on his contract left and he'd be moving to a huge contender, he might actually be willing to do it, right? Get away from St. Louis. Um, you know, the blue situation is not great. He could move to a big contender and he wouldn't be locked up there for long term. It'd be perfect for both sides. It would just have to come down to whether Buchnevich would uh, be comfortable with that. He's only really played in, you know, a big market or two. St. Louis, uh, maybe not as as glitzy and glamorous as New York is, but certainly a lot of attention all the same. So, yeah, some legit options, some some real tough choices. But I wanted to talk about what I think the Jets might be doing here in a few weeks from a more realist perspective, right? Because we've mostly talked about stuff in a vacuum. Let's talk about what the Jets have on hand and what they might be willing to sacrifice and what they, they might be thinking about for their longer-term picture because what they do now will definitely have an impact on that, and that's maybe why they're going to opt for what I could consider a more conservative plan. We'll go into that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Indeed. We're all searching for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. With Indeed, you can be matched to some of the best candidates out there in the entire uh, employing industry. Obviously, you're looking for really quality candidates, and Indeed totally knows the struggle. They know that hiring is a strenuous process, and Indeed offers a ton of great tools. They want to help you find quality candidates fast. Not only do they match you and help you hire, but they also help with stuff like scheduling, screening, and messaging. It's a great convenient platform that lets you do all of these important HR steps in one spot. And, uh, you know, Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. It also connects you with high quality candidates who are a lot more likely to sign up for those uh, those positions you're hoping to hire for than just doing a blind search. Right. You want to get targeted, uh, truly committed candidates and Indeed totally gets it. I've actually used Indeed as somebody looking for work myself. I can personally attest to the fact that it's very convenient. They make it very clear as like a step-by-step -step process for what information you need to fill out. And for employers, I can only imagine that that means you're actually getting quality candidates who want to work for you. You know, not folks who are just kind of flaking around, maybe not the best fit. Indeed, it's going to give you a great handful of, of applicants who are going to fit exactly what you're looking for. So right now, new uh, listeners can get a great $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on locked on Winnipeg jets indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions to apply need to hire you need indeed. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as uh, we are talking about some fun stuff with the Jets, and we talked about some trade options. There's probably still even more, and as the trade deadline rolls up on us in a few weeks, obviously Winnipeg is going to be linked to any number of teams and players. A lot of it's going to be smokescreen, right? If the Jets make a move, it's probably going to be one that we're not really expecting. So kind of on that vein of thinking, right, you know, looking at the Jets options, we've talked a lot about players who honestly might now be out of Winnipeg's price range. Uh, if if the trade somehow needs a first rounder, the Jets are only going to be able to offer something either from a future draft or, for, well, I guess like a, you know, not, not future for this season, but obviously stuff from like next year and beyond. Other than that, the Jets basically have to pull from their prospect pool or their active roster. And if I, you know, see another another suggestion for like Perfetti getting traded, I'm going to say that that's really not what I would do. Uh, I think Perfetti is one of your most talented players. And look, I know that his numbers right now might not look impressive and he's, he's struggling a bit, but I think that's partly on the coaching, right? I think the coaching staff continues to try and put, uh, you know, square pegs in round holes. And that's why you're seeing the top six, not only with Perfetti and Ehlers, but also with Kyle, uh, Kyle Connor to an extent you're seeing a lot of struggles, right? These these lines don't work, and we've talked about it at length. I don't know if it's ever going to change, uh, but I think to you know, to, suffice it to say, the Jets probably need something uh, relatively decent to really make a a massive change to this lineup. And I just don't know that the Jets are going to be really interested in spending a lot of futures, right? I think Winnipeg kind of made their splash with Monaghan. And at this point, they might be looking for more of a floor-raising player, which Monaghan was already kind of kind of one of those sort of options. And, you know, you look at his price tag of a first-rounder. Look, in, in isolation, it probably didn't seem great, but considering the Jets basically gave up a low first-round pick, uh, my guess is they feel that that's about as much as they really want to give up until they start moving into the deeper rounds. They're not looking to part with any of their prized pigs. And I get that. You know, I think the Jets are keenly aware that after, uh, you know, the next season, right, that's when all these contract spots stop, start opening up. Winnipeg might not really want to re-sign everyone that's going to be expiring, and the Jets might need to fill in some of those gaps with internally developed players. So from that perspective, totally get it. I think where my concern comes in, though, is that this year in particular is a really wide open playoff field. And if you're the Jets and you have a real shot, you should probably think about taking it, right? Winnipeg's not going to have many seasons where Hellebuck is putting on maybe the best season of his career ever. If you look at what he's expected to concede and what he actually has conceded this year, he's on one of the most insane runs we've ever seen from him. And it's funny because you look at his numbers and it may not jump off the page immediately, but I promise you, this guy is in the form of his life. He is arguably having the best season he's ever had at the NHL level. And if that's what you're getting going into the playoffs, you'd better bet on like you should bet on that, right? You should make that the focal piece uh, because Hellebuck playing at this level gives you a chance every night. And with the Jets having a roster that's more built for defensive structure and, you know, uh, stinginess rather than offensive prowess, that's kind of gambling a bit. Uh, I, I trust Hellebuck a lot. I do. But if the Jets aren't scoring more than like three goals a night, you're going to have to find ways to uh, get that offense a little bit more firepower. 
as it is, like I already said, you know, you make a switch with the top six, and I think that could be effective, just maybe making two current line changes. But if you're bringing in external help, then make sure that you either go for a big-name player or you go for a third-line option that can provide some real scoring punch. And that's where I think the Jets are probably going to go for. I don't think they're going to swing big for a Buchnevich, uh or anyone of that caliber. I think the Jets are probably going to look for like a middle six option that can give you three relatively good to great scoring lines. And if that's the case, I'm, I'm fine with that. I just sort of wonder if that's maybe not the best option uh, because, you know, like I said, the Jets really should swing on the bigger side if they're going for a massive uh, cup run. But if the Jets also add a depth defender or something that actually upgrades the back end, then I'd start to feel better about it, right? Three acquisitions, maybe you swap some players out and introduce some new guys. I could see that being a pretty successful trade deadline. But I, again, it's just hard to get a sense of the Jets' plan because Chevy kind of did the Chevy speak thing again where he didn't really tease a lot. He suggested that the Jets are definitely looking at trades, and we're seeing our scouts repeatedly showing up at other teams' games. We know that the Flyers were heavily linked. Um, we just saw that Nashville had a Jet scout in attendance. So at this point, you know, the world is kind of Winnipeg's oyster. And as long as they're comfortable with maybe mortgaging one or two major pieces, I think they have all of the flexibility in the world. Just because they traded their first doesn't mean that they're out of this trade market. It just means that whatever they're going to do, you know, going forward, they're going to have to draw from one of their more solidified uh, pools, in this case, prospects, right? I think that is where the Jets could really offer a surplus and give a team uh, a quality prospect in exchange for a player that's really going to help the Jets right now and put us in a better position for what is hopefully a true cup run this year. I'm I'm tired of seeing the Jets flame out early in the playoffs, and I feel like this is a great season, great as any, for Winnipeg to, to really make a splash and remind people of why this team several years ago was a team that even Vegas actually to try to trade against us so that we couldn't get Derek Broussard. I think it was uh, pretty crazy to think that that was um, like six years ago now, but you know, the jets since then they've, they've maybe not inspired as much fear as they used to, but this time, this time can be different. So let's hope the jets make the right trades, drop your most coveted targets below from either the forward or defensive ranks. I know I've already seen people talk about Chris Tanev. Uh, we saw Pavel Buchnevich. Give me some other names. Let me know what you think, and maybe I'll talk about them on a future episode. But for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Again, we will be back here tomorrow with some thoughts on how Winnipeg does against the Blackhawks, hoping for an easy two points. We know it probably won't be because it's the Jets, and uh, yeah, it just is the way it is sometimes. But let's hope that I'm surprised once again. But again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.